Hey, it's Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to The Afterlight. Enjoy the episode. This episode has been brought to you by The Afterlight Institute. The Afterlight Institute is a community of teachers and students seeking to expand their spiritual gifts and their inner wisdom on the road to illuminating their forgotten selves. Offering online courses, in-person retreats, live events, online expositions, and more, the Afterlight Institute is a safe and inclusive space for all. To learn more, head to theafterlightinstitute.com. Welcome to the show. My name is Lauren Grace, and I'm joined today by Rhiannon Hines. She is an Australian healer, an intuitive channel, an energy worker, and author. She is also a mother of two beautiful girls, and every day she works to inspire them and lead them by her example. Rhiannon was trained as a body worker and yoga teacher and used to run her own incredibly successful yoga studio in Australia. Her life's work is dedicated to initiating powerful heart-centered healers and leaders into their fullest and most realized expression of their service. She teaches a series of online trainings to students internationally, encouraging people to deeply heal and align with their intuition in order to live a more fulfilling and beautiful life. In October of 2002, she will release her book, The Keepers of the Light Codes, a powerful text to assist humanity during these times of great change. The book shows its awakened readers how to finally put an end to the seemingly never-ending journey of spiritual growth and personal development and how to live a divinely supported and inspired life. Rhiannon is joining me today to talk about her new book. We're going to be talking about how her spiritual journey began, and we're going to be talking about basically the challenges that we can sometimes have as being souls in a human body and needing to live as humans when maybe we don't always want to or feel that that is a natural fit for us. So Rhiannon, thanks so much for being on the show. Hey, Lauren. Thank you so, so much for having me. It's so great to be here. First of all, I want to acknowledge a couple things here. Number one, I do endeavor to read the book of my guests whenever I'm going to be talking about their book. What sometimes happens to me is I realize when I get into the book that, oh, wait a minute, I have to give this book a little bit more time than maybe a week to read it. And your book is no exception. So I just want to say that from the first page of reading your book, I felt like I was coming home again. It was like, I like feel emotional about it. Anyway, it was so beautiful. Um, geez, sorry. I can't even edit this out because then it's anyway, just it's, it was like, um, when I read it, I'm crying. (laughs) Uh, But when I read it, I went, Oh, like it it was like, um, it was what I've been waiting for, I think is kind of the best way of, of describing it. And I read all the way up to the initiations and I did the initiation one. And then I'm like, Oh, I'll just, do all the initiations over a few days and I'll have them all done by the time I talk to you. Well, that's not happening. (laughs) So I realized I need to do the initiations and give them the kind of credibility that they deserve um, and the time that they deserve to really work. So our listener at home is going, what are you talking about? Don't worry. We're, it's all going to make sense very soon. So I just want to commend you on such an amazing book. I'm going to get you to read from it. And I, there's so many things to share within it, but anyway, how did your spiritual journey start, my sister? Let's let's start with that. Lauren, you just like blasted my heart open and now I've already got like, I'm already <laughs> crying and we haven't even started. <laughs> you know, it's like channeling this book. I know, I should have warned you. No, it's so good. Channeling this book, it's you do, you know, it is a task where I have to constantly just like be on demand for spirit whenever they want to come through and it was a bit of a process. And then when I have people like you tell me that the first the first chapter you felt that coming home, it just makes me want to just sing mm. because I know that every minute of channeling it and doing it was just so worth it. But um, so thank you. Oh, yeah. 
I kept thinking, okay, I've got to send it to this person. I got to send it to this person and this person needs to read it. Like, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the effect that a lot of people will have when they read it, where they go, you know, this is what I've been waiting for. It really felt like that. Yeah, it's really the book for us, for your listeners as well, the ones who have been on the on the so-called journey on the path for a long time. It's like a, it's a much needed, much needed lesson for us. But I'll answer your question. When did my spiritual journey begin? Um, well, it's actually, I remember as a child feeling super disconnected to this Rhiannon character. I remember as a child feeling like I was observing myself and observing my surroundings and asking like, like, who am I? And I would feel really disjointed sometimes from the whole experience of my life. And then I would, I would be like thrown out of my body and then kind of plonk back in after about 60 seconds of feeling really confused. So I suppose my spiritual my, my spiritual journey, my connection to my my soul aspect, my higher self, it's been there my whole life. But there was a period of deep forgetting, for sure. <laughs> when I was 18 until my early 20s, I um, had to go on a period of forgetting so that I could re-remember. So I um, really dived into the, the program and did life in that way for a few years. I really dived into going to uni and I studied accounting when I left school for a bit. I got a mortgage and I did ticked all the boxes. And this was at like age 22. I had a mortgage, a fiance, um, this job that was all very serious. And I would be standing in the kitchen, like cooking dinner and my hands would be trembling, like trembling and I was like what is wrong with me and I was asking the question all the time like this cannot be it like I'm only 22 is this going to be just my life until I'm 80 because this cannot be it and as I was having those asking those questions I didn't know who I was asking them to but someone a divine force was listening for sure because I was pulled into a very rapid rapid um, journey back to self very very quickly and it started from immense suffering where I realized that my my fiance my best friend was not my was not my soul match he was not the man for me and um from a, a program that was like real good girl conditioning of ticking the boxes and being a really good fiance little house lady and worker I went on a deep rebellion I started to party really really hard but at the same time, I started to dive really into yoga and meditation. So I was like partying and experimenting with all these different drugs whilst doing um, really intense, like ecstatic dances. And it was all very intense. And I just let my entire life fall away. I left my job. I left the boyfriend. I pretty quickly stopped with the partying. And I, well, partying transformed into something much more, much more expansive, you know without the drugs and the alcohol pretty quickly. And I just felt freedom. So I felt freedom. I left that guy and I moved in with my best friend in a place called Fremantle in um, Western Australia, which is a pretty cool area. And I just started going to these amazing sister circles and dances and cacao ceremonies. And I felt like a butterfly, like I was so young. And then I went traveling by myself and I felt like I was a butterfly. And I was like, well, I'm never going back in the cage again. I don't care how my life looks. I don't care who who I impress or who I please. I cannot go back in that cage again. So that was really in my early 20s. So I'm 31 now. So the rest of my 20s, I, I spent finding the truest aspect of who I am and, and transforming that into my service, I guess. And that's taken many different forms from yoga to meditation to breath work to channeling energy work and now where I'm at now my entire existence is my connection to to, to nature my connection to my family and my connection to spirit which is all the same really <laughs> you know it's interesting when I read you know you talking about 
having a difficult time with identifying with your character, like your personality and your name and, and all these parts, you know, of you and, and kind of that disassociation. I think it's something that a lot of spiritual seekers feel. And it's not always something that we talk about because it can sound a bit negative or concerning, you know, like I believe that, and one of the reasons why I called the podcast, the afterlight is because I believe that after this human experience, that's when we get into living in the light, you know, <laughs> it's like after, after mm-hmm. the afterlight is next. And I think that sometimes when we know that to be true, it can be really difficult to settle in here. Yeah. And I mean, do you find that the settling in for you has become easier over time? And just before you answer that question, I really want to read one thing from your book Um, on page nine. You just, this was so beautiful the way you said this. And I just want to read this excerpt because I guess I'm answering my own question by reading your words here, but then I'll let you freestyle on it. So you say that you had to anchor the magical and mystical within your daily life. I had to ground and anchor my team of spirit guides into my physical realm. I learned to feel the divine within me. I can't even read it. (laughs) Can you read it? Yeah, (laughs) I know the bit that you mean. Yeah, read that section there because I just felt like reading that. I went, oh, it was. It's it's basically like understanding when we don't feel we belong. Yeah. So how to do it? So yeah, I. This was at the time when I wrote. So this refers to the time when I first fell pregnant with my first daughter. And my entire spiritual practice had been very, um, you know, very indulgent. Like before having children, I got to meditate for hours on end. I had a very strong yoga practice. I spent a lot of time channeling, a lot of time, a very sacred ritual. And then when I had my, my new baby, I loved her so deeply, but it all went out the window. And I asked, like, how will I ever get my connection back to spirit? because I'm, I have no time. I have no time. And I, my whole connection to spirit existed prior to that in these practices. And so there, I had such a resistance to becoming a mom. And so this is the big lesson here that I'll read now. I had no time to meditate. I felt too nauseous. Oh, this was sorry when I was pregnant. I had no time to meditate. I felt too nauseous to transcend my physical body. I was stuck in my day-to-day human life with nowhere to escape. So I had to anchor the magical and the mystical within my daily life. I had to ground and anchor my team of spirit guides into my physical realm. I learned to feel the divine within me and all around me as I was chopping carrots in the kitchen. I learned to feel the David kingdom and the fairy realm by gazing into the trees as I walked my little one in the pram. I learned to feel God and see the angels as I stared up into the clouds while driving to buy groceries. And all of a sudden I realized that true and integrated spirituality wasn't about leaving my body and venturing into the cosmos. True and integrated spirituality comes from being so deeply connected to the absolute bliss of the present moment that all space and time can be accessed in every now moment without ever even needing to close your eyes. That's so amazing. And um, sorry, so just to put the timelines correct, this is when I was pregnant with my second daughter and had a toddler. That was the hectic time. Yeah, and um, I really learned to feel the magic of the waking moment. And I I had this huge realization that the the meditation that I've been doing for all those years, that was the tool. It was a tool to get me to feel God. And once I knew how God felt, once I knew my, who I was as a soul aspect, experiencing human life, an infinite expression of God, once I had that understanding, there was no need to meditate. I just had to remember as often as I could. And um, and that's been the biggest lesson I've ever had, mm-hmm. really. Uh, yeah, so that's a real big teaching within the book. 
it's uh it's so funny because I remember like I quit spirituality for a few years and my listener at home probably already has heard that story. She's like, Lauren, I already know that. I'm like, okay. So during that time, I found Eckhart Tolle's teachings about the power of now and it changed my life. And it was the third attempt that I had at reading that content. And I remember when I read it, it felt a lot to me like your book felt to me where I went, ah, this is for me. This is written for me. And it's funny because a lot of the work that you or a lot of the things that you talk about is very much about being in the moment. And I think that one of the reasons why I got so emotional in that paragraph, um, well, the whole book really, is because feeling that connection all the time is virtually impossible. And it's all we desire is to feel God, is to feel that connection to source energy, is to feel that we can trust and we can um, know that everything is working out as it should. And we get caught up in the mundane things of life and we get caught up in, in, you know, physical ailments or stressors or, you know, things that really don't matter. And I find that, you know, when I read that, I want that so much to feel that in, in every moment. And at the same time, I find it very difficult to do. Yeah, well, I think the important thing for us to understand is that often we correlate our connection to source or that moment that we're deeply connected to a really elated feeling, like a feeling of bliss where it's full heart opening oneness and you're just like, ah, this is it. But we can't be there all the time. But what we need to understand is that isn't the only time we're connected to source. We're connected to source when we're struggling, when we're just like, I'm so tired of doing this or I'm so bored or I'm so frustrated. And in that moment, there's it's God. When we're, when we're angling with who we are in this entire existence, we need to understand that connection to source just is and it's happening all the time. And it doesn't need to feel or look a certain way. It just is. And... Mm-hmm every time that we're having a judgmental thought around our, about ourselves, or we're in sort of a lower energy can we just observe that energy and observe that thought and and look at what it is what is the lesson in that and that observer is spirit that observer is source and you will see then the lower energy you'll see the lower thought form as just an expression of the ego looking to be loved and it doesn't need to change. It just needs our light of awareness and a, and a a shift of perspective. And then in doing that, there is a lot more ease, a lot more, a lot less resistance to life. I feel. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with you. Cause when I read the power of now and a new earth, it taught me about being in the moment and it taught me about the, the peace that you feel when you have space in your mind and you're not judging and you can just be where you are, what are some things that you do to come back into the moment to, you know, help you be here and not be projecting into the future, into the past? Mm. I think it's really important to understand firstly, the true nature of time, right? When we're connecting with time as a linear aspect, where our our past is behind us and our future is ahead of us, it's easy for this present moment to be unfulfilling because it's just today and it's not all the glory of the future and it's not all the lessons of the past, it's just today. And in linear time, that could not be enough, right? But when you understand the multidimensional truth of who we are and of this existence, then you start to understand that it's all happening now. There's a reason that you could probably connect to yourself as, you know, the 50-year-old version of yourself and you can sort of see and feel her just as much as you can see and feel your present self now. It's because it's all now. And we're just choosing to tune in to a certain version of this reality that is this holographic mirrored presentation of now. But when you understand that it's all now, every aspect of you that ever has and ever will exist is now. Every 
every possible manifestation of your life that could ever exist and ever will exist is happening now. When you feel that as an energy and then you look around and you see this present moment, the present moment takes on a whole new level of depth and a whole new multidimensional truth. And it makes the present moment so much more rich and so much more alive. So I hope I haven't lost anybody. But what I'm trying to say is when we are connecting to the present moment as something that is separate from all other moments, that is a very challenging thing to do because the present moment separate is just a single second in time. It's very boring. But the present moment in its truest nature is our portal to everything that ever will and ever has existed. And in that, the present moment is infinitely enough. So we have to change our understanding of what the present moment is. We have to start to understand time and the multidimensional nature of this reality more deeply in order to fall back in love with the human experience and to fall back in love with the present moment. And it's funny because we live in a world where we're not encouraged about that. You know, we're encouraged to think about the goal and save for the future and take care of this in the future and remember that thing from the past, figure out why you did that and what happened, you know, what was the cause, you know, an effect that that had. And, you know, like we're really, it's so interesting how society seems to be set up to take us out of the present moment, which is taking us out of our power. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know why that is, but it's such an undoing that we have to do to come back into the now. And just because I heard an objection from my listener at home, and I just want to say, and Rhiannon, feel free to agree or disagree on this, no problem. But sometimes people go, yeah, but if I need to plan things in the future, then, and it's like, yes, you do that in the present moment, but you choose to be pr present about planning the future. Mm -hmm. But what Rhiannon is talking about is that when we are so caught up in a loop of past or future, we're missing, you know, the breeze on our skin. We're missing the black cockatoos in the background, you know, making a ruckus in the trees. We're missing, you know, the moments to pet our our pets or to love our family. Mm -hmm. And that's when we miss our connection to source. Exactly. And the goal, like, you know, writing goals and writing to-do lists, I think that these are a really great idea because then you can, you, you know, we're constantly shaping our future through our thoughts and our perception of life. So if you can fall in love with life and then have, you know some some beautiful visions for the direction that you want your life to go in and you write those visions down then you can fall back in love with the present moment whereas when you don't write it down and your mind is flickering from one option to another um it's really hard to stay present so I understand where your listeners coming from like to write goals is 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 a beautiful practice especially if it's going to help you to ground your um to ground your intentions into paper and it's like when we write a to-do list sometimes it frees up space in our mind so so doing doing activities like that is really beautiful if you can feel and set a really heart-centered intention and then let it go then let it go and just get excited like wow that probably will happen in my future because I'm so clear with this intention and now I can enjoy and bathe in this moment of now knowing that all is coming mm, yeah that's so good in your book you talk about how the spiritual journey for many people is cyclical mm. and it starts with a wheel of suffering healing expansion and more suffering and you know when I was reading your book you were basically talking about how we don't need to have that be the truth anymore and that we're ready to move into enlightenment starting now can you mm. talk to me a little bit about that? And I do want to say that, and I've probably said it a thousand times already in our conversation, but they gave me so much comfort. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. Primarily because we're all doing the best we can, you know? 
Yeah, exactly. So first of all, I just want to separate suffering from pain. Um, because you that, that old saying, like, pain is in, in, inevitable, suffering is optional. I feel that that is the most true thing ever. But the, the suffering is very optional. And suffering may have served us at some point in our spiritual journey. You know, when I speak about my 22-year-old self who was deeply suffering, shaking hands in the kitchen, suffocating in my existence, I didn't know how to break through. And that suffering was a catalyst to expansion. So that's that old paradigm, right, of growth, where we suffer, we contract so much, and we're in that contraction for a long time, and then there's a expansion and then we go back into the suffering it's so intense life is so bad and then expansion it's like that's how a lot of us have um, expanded our consciousness to get to this point but that involves like a series of real highs and lows in our experience of life having months or years that are so great and then months or years that are just so challenging and what the channeling states or what the book wants to teach us is that you, me, a lot of your listeners, we've got to a point in our spiritual evolution where we can let go of that will now and we can observe love and transmute all pain in an instant to completely let go of any need to suffer. So pain is a beautiful portal, right, to more to more infinite consciousness. So on the day that you're feeling like life is too much, overwhelm, stress, we can dwell in that and feed the emotion with our mind, feed the emotion with our thoughts and create a real deep suffering experience in that. Or we can sit we can observe the stress, take a higher sort of perspective like a helicopter, observing the physical form and the human experience. And when we observe it with no judgment and complete unconditional love, as though the body, the stress is like a child, it dissolves. It dissolves. It's waiting for that unconditional love to be transmuted. And it's in our resistance of pain that we suffer. So the, what there's like the saying, what we resist persists. The book is here to remind us that we don't need to resist mm -hmm. anything anymore. It's all God and it's all here to open us more deeply into the present moment. And what I spoke about with the multidimensional nature of this moment, it's all pain is here to open us more now. So we can escape that wheel of suffering by learning to approach all contractions within the emotional and physical body with complete non-judgmental witness and love. And therefore we remove ourselves from that wheel of suffering. After I read one of the lessons, it was talking about divine timing and understanding how things, everything is working this probably isn't exactly how you, how it was written, but you know, in perfection, it, it is, everything's working as it's meant to be. It really made me feel comfort as well and trust in the process. And, you know, I think that what we tend to do, you know, as humans and, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, you're an entrepreneur, you know, we tend to feel like we need to do a lot like act. Whereas sometimes it's about allowing and letting things to just flow naturally. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of the way that I'm, understanding your book came to be that you were able to allow the creation of your book to flow in a natural way. Can you talk to me and share with our listener at home a bit about how this book was written? Mm. Yeah. So firstly, I just want to speak to like what you just said about being a, the entrepreneur, like as I feel that when you're committed to your true service as an entrepreneur or however that whatever form that takes, that is the beautiful, such a beautiful lesson in surrender and expansion, because we're constantly being guided to offer our truest, truest, most authentic service that will have the greatest impact. And all our 
ideas that come from the mind and all the expectations of our ego, wanting it to be a certain way, that's where there can be so much suffering in our work um, doing this. And then as soon as we let go all expectations, as soon as we let go of all agendas and we just allow it to be and flow, then it always works out so perfectly. And that's what happened with the book. It's like I got told that I would soon channel a book and I was like, oh, my God, awesome. I'm so excited. And I would sit down and be like, okay, I'm ready for the book. And it would just be like crickets, like nothing. And I was like, oh, I want to write the book. Come on. Um, and it was just like nothing. Nothing was coming through. And they were like, soon you will write the book. It's like, okay. And my level of understanding about spirituality was very different at that time when I was trying to write the book. You know, I hadn't integrated the piece that I've been speaking about, about life being the deepest spiritual practice we could ever have. Um, and that's when I got pregnant with my toddler. So, so I had a toddler and I got pregnant again. And that's when I went into that deep relearning about what it is to connect to source. And once I'd integrated that lesson, then spirit was like, now you're ready because that's the lesson in the book. So I had to go through this like big initiation around surrendering my spiritual practices that I had so much attachment to and, and really integrating life as the ultimate, the ultimate opportunity to connect to source. And once I had, then the books just started to flow. It started to really flow. And it's so funny because maybe your listeners or you have this understanding of how channeling a book would look that maybe I'll be sitting in this like candlelit room, like waiting for these words to come <laughs> through. But it's just that I just knew I had to write this book. Yep. I just didn't have time to create that sort of space. So my toddler, she would only sleep in the car. And then I had the newborn as well when I was, so I had the two years apart. So I was like driving Every day at lunchtime, I would drive to get the to my toddler to sleep and the newborn would just sleep all the time anyway. And because um, I live somewhere really, really beautiful, um, I would just go for a drive through the trees. And I would just park up somewhere really beautiful and put the windows down so it was like I could hear the birds and I could just hear the forest. And then I would grab my phone and I had Google Docs on my phone. And I was just like writing with my thumbs on Google Docs. Um, and then when the kids would wake up, like, ah, so I'd just drive another kilometer, park back up, <laughs> um, right again. And most of the book came through like that. And that was my other big lesson was like, in order to get that connection as a channel, we're, we are all channels in one way or another. In order to open that channel, we don't need to like do a certain ritual in a certain way. We just need to like come into the heart quiet the mind completely come into pure pure presence and stillness and then we're completely open as channels as an instant and that was what I learned in channeling this book so it was a really cool really cool experience for me I feel like that helped me a lot too so thank you because I feel like I've got a book that's just waiting to to come out and much like you, like I thought, oh, I'm going to have to set aside the time and I'm going to have to, you know, sit and get ready. And by reading that you were creating the book on your phone, I went, oh, wait a minute. So I just need to pay attention to when I'm ready and, and produce whatever's going to come at the right time. And I guess that's about flow. And I just love that you shared that because I think that a lot of people have misconceptions about exactly what you said, how things are supposed to come through. Whereas if we're just, you know, following our heart and, and listening to, you know, our emotions, um, that will be guided when it's the right time. Yeah, exactly. And we can be so hard on ourselves as well. You know, we can set out time in the day. It's like, well, I will write the book there. And I used to do this. I used to have in my diary, like book writing time. And I would sit down on the specific allocated book writing time. And I would just be like, mm, I would have so much resistance to writing it. And then I just started just letting it go and just writing it when I had the urge to write it and not writing it when I didn't want to. And it, it was so much easier. And I think if we could apply that to 
every facet of our life, there would be so much less resistance to life because <laughs> we have the tendency to be very harsh on ourselves. And that's the other lesson on the, in the book as well. It's like we all have this beautiful hunger to be the best version of ourselves, a lot of us, you know. So we're trying to do these amazing practices for our health, for our spirituality and for our work. And we write these lists of things that we're going to do. And we, we always fall short and get hard on ourselves. But what about if the ultimate thing we could do is just honour our, honor ourselves and what our heart longs for in any given moment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I uh, I have a, a good friend of mine, shout out to uh, to Bernadette, who often talks about, you know, connecting through the heart and breathing through the heart and understanding, you know, that the heart is really the gateway to God. And and it's like, I, I didn't get it. I was about to say, I kind of got it. No, I don't really think I fully got it. And then when I read your book and I was reading about the lessons, it was like, it was, I understood the heart in a totally different way. Not to say she didn't explain it to me properly, but the way that it was presented to me from you was just so profound that I understood that the heart is, is everything. So before we talk about the power of the heart, I want to ask you a little bit about or if you could explain how you structured the book, because one thing that I realized is as I was reading through it and going through it, I can't wait for the next page. I got to the initiations and I went, oh, damn, I can't rush this. Not that I rushed any other part of it, but I went, this has to take time for me to go in order and do what you've said and do it correctly. So can you talk a bit about how the book is structured and, and why it was structured yeah. in the way that it is? So in terms of the why, I'm not sure. <laughs> I just did as I was told. And what it's turned out to be is 11 lessons and 28 initiations. <laughs> you know, so I would, when I, I'd written the 11, I channeled the 11 lessons and then I was like, okay. And then I remember I sat down, I wrote lesson 12 and then it was like crickets. It's like, no, now you're into the initiations. I was like, oh, okay. But you know, like I wasn't, <laughs> I just did as I was told. Um, but the book is quite short. Like when you pick it up, it's small compared to other books. But I don't think it could be much longer, if I'm honest, because as you've noticed, it requires a lot of participation to some degree to really feel and anchor the message of each, each lesson. But so the lessons at the start, there's a, these 11 lessons, and they're quite simple, probably for you and a lot of your listeners, they probably feel like reminders because there may be the, a lot of the truths around our spiritual nature that we've already integrated. But there are these beautiful reminders around the power of the heart and the true nature of time and the true nature of this reality. And, and that these beautiful reminders that you can just read slowly and let integrate. But then we move on to the, the 28 initiations. And then to me, what the initiations are, because each one is very, very different. They are working on a layer of resistance. Each one works on a different layer of resistance. And the resistance is the resistance that we have within our being to the notion that we are complete masters of our entire reality, our entire existence. We are complete ascended spiritual masters experiencing this infinite life now. Okay, so every single one of your listeners is that is that master. You are that master. And then it's like, but then the mind's like, no, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, oh, but what about it? You know, like the resistance, resistance, resistance. So there's 28 initiations and each one is kind of working on, I feel like a different layer of resistance that we have to that notion. So some initiations are going to like really hit people like for I was holding that and others, they might just be like, hmm, that was, that was nice, you know, mm. because it depends on where we're resisting. And the initiations are so different, each one. Like some really work into that shadow aspect of self, asking us to look at our unloved aspects, asking us to, to feel the emotional body that we've denied. 
And others are like really multi-dimensional and subtle, like opening a portal in the back of the heart. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're they're really beautiful and very varied. But the when you've finished each one, the final initiation allows us to feel like really feel what it is to be a keeper of the light codes, which is to to know and understand the infinite power that we are right now with nothing more to do, no one else to become, nowhere to go. It's just like, it is right now. And yeah, it's the lesson. It's the the message I think that so many of us have been waiting for mm. because we've all been trying so hard for so long. <laughs> Rhiannon, I don't know if this is going to make sense to you, but I'll just tell you, cause it's what I felt at the time. So I was reading the lessons and, you know, it's talking a lot about how, you know, um, we don't need to suffer and, and you know, how uh, we can become in fact, a keeper of the light codes. And after we go through and we integrate all these things that, that we will be um, in that position. And it made me think of death, honestly. And, and I think part of me went, oh, well, if I, if I have it all figured out, then I won't need to be here anymore because I'll already be enlightened. But that's not it at all, is it? That's like a fear voice or resistance talking. And it seems to me that when you go through this process, it's a lot about understanding how to live as a soul on earth. Mm, Yeah, that's it. And I used to share that belief, like that I don't want to come back here, you know, that I will ascend so great in this lifetime that there's no need to come back I used to have that right and then that's so much resistance to life I always say that still (laughs) yeah that's like my mom's favorite saying she's like I don't belong here yeah (laughs) but (laughs) so what if the human experience is the ultimate reward right like what if this is the ultimate reward and what if our understanding of humanity and the earth was distorted I really do believe that very recently on earth, there has been very advanced life. I'm not talking about ancient Lemuria and Atlantis that in our head we're conceptualizing tens of thousands of years ago. I'm talking about, you know, a few hundred years ago. What about if everything we knew about our history was wrong and we have been in some sort of deep sleep, some deep amnesia to forget the very recent history that is complete ascended mastery of humanity living here on earth okay so this is probably going to challenge a lot of people's understanding but I think the reason that so much of so many of humanity so many of us cannot get our head around society and the world as it is today is because it hasn't been like this for long and it won't be for long and the truth oh I'm going very cold um the truth is Yeah, I've got goosebumps. Yeah, right. I need to say this. The truth is Uh it's not going to be like this for long. And it's it's only been like this for a short time. And the memory that we have of heaven on earth is a recent memory. And we are all bringing it back. We are bringing it back with our words, with our actions, with our intentions. And you can see it playing out. Don't let your mind buy into the illusion of, of darkness and fear and evil yes it's there but it's a paradigm that doesn't need to touch us if we just keep manifesting heaven on earth our resistance to life it doesn't need to be so because this life that is and this world that we live in is so divine and so heavenly that we can experience our absolute soul realized ascension here in life So we can change our perspective of reincarnation, of coming back as a divine gift. Please let me come back because it is so good to be human. And this planet is evolving and ascending into something so divine that I want to be here. Mm -hmm. Well, I... I guess it's like part of my brain goes, well, I'll believe it when I see it. And then I know we'll see it when we believe it as well. I heard Wayne Dyer pop into my head just then. So I do get it. Um, But I think, you know, when I was reading your book, I just went, I'm ready. I'm ready and I'm not going to let the small me or the small voice or the fear voice, you know, get in my way of me 
becoming all that I can be and, you know, basically wanting to be the change that I want to see in the world. You know, I think that's a big part of what your book is about. It's about taking responsibility for your own part and, you know, being that light for other people. Um, I found that your lessons are, are so powerful as well. And I was wondering if you would be willing to read one of them for our listener at home who probably hasn't picked up the book yet, yeah. although I'm sure they will. They're listening this far. They're probably already buying a copy. Which one do you feel called to uh, to speak on? Oh, hang on. That's the, I was going to, I opened to an initiation. Happy for me to read an initiation? Sure. Whatever you feel called to do, it's up to you. I just know there's, um, I just love to hear you read from the book one more time. Okay, sure. Sorry, distance of life, right? <laughs> A little bit. <clears throat> this second initiation is called the, the human existence is the temple of light. The temple of light is the ecstasy and bliss realm that can be felt at any given moment in time. The temple of light is a dimension that one may enter through higher states of being, such as ecstatic liberation and bliss. To arrive at the temple of light is to arrive at human potential, fully realized and activated. The temple of light as an energy may be, may be felt and accessed for a short fleeting second or lived in and danced in day after day. But know that once the temple of light has been accessed, divine permission has been granted for return at any time for any duration of stay. The temple of light is a state of being that is the ultimate state of being for the human being. It is God consciousness felt within the ecstasy of the human experience. It is God consciousness, bliss, and euphoria felt within a dance, felt within deep communion with nature, in intimate sacred union with a beloved, in a windswept moment of earthly energetic delight. The human activity that transcends you into the temple of light is not important. But once you have entered the heavenly state of being, that is orgasmic ecstasy held by the love of God. It will never be forgotten. You can enter this temple of light now, purely through your intention and the invitation for this energy to initiate within you. Once this energy has been activated, you are thereby granted lifelong access to the temple of light on demand by you at will. Take yourself there now through this initiation and you can take yourself there over and over again you can uplift now to this temple of light energy the dimension of love ecstasy and bliss you can activate this energy now to experience the potency of what it truly means to be human then you can revisit this energy throughout your day throughout your life in the magic moments of the mundane that are the temple of light. There's a practice then that allows you to activate this feeling. But the reason I wanted to read this one is because I know that all of your listeners have probably felt this, right? So if it, the temple of light is something that is pure bliss in a split second. When you make love with someone that you're deeply, deeply in love with, and there's just a split second in that union, that is like pure connection and and ecstasy that is that is that realm or when you go to the beach and you're in the ocean and you just look around at the glimmer of the sun on the on the water and you just your heart just cracks open that is that temple of light realm or when you're dancing like you know say you go to a static dance or something really fun and you're just like there's just a moment where you're so connected and so open and so in love with life that is the temple of light realm. And that is the gift of the human experience. And once you know that energy, and I know that everybody knows that energy a little bit, you can choose to bring it in, put some music on while you're cooking dinner and activate the temple of light in your own human experience. Put some like incense on as you're doing your work and bring a bit of movement into your body and merge with your experience get into that flow state that's the temple of life it's there for us all the time and I feel that once we really get that peace and we make a conscious effort to anchor that energy in as often as we can 
then our resistance to this human experience dissolves and we find more, more joy. Beautiful. <laughs> We're already at our hour, Rhiannon. That went quick. There were some <laughs> questions I didn't ask you, but I know it's so quick. <laughs> but I feel like that's actually a beautiful way to end the conversation. I did want yeah. to ask you if there's anything that you felt called to speak on that I that I didn't ask you. Um, if you felt you wanted to say anything else, and also just letting our listener at home where they can pick up the book and how they can connect with you. Yeah. So a lot of my work, or most of my work now, goes into training healers to get that understanding of like dissolving separation because we become very powerful alchemists as healers when we understand the true nature of life and the true nature of energy yeah so you can work with me um, to learn the intuitive rebirth energy work method and you can do this on my by following me on instagram is the easiest way to find all my offerings so it's just rhiannon hines on instagram and um, we have a retreat in Bali in March. So seven days um, of learning this deep energy work method and just unraveling all that resistance. <laughs> and the book is available now uh, everywhere online. So there's a lot going on, but it's very exciting stuff. <laughs> it's very exciting. Well, thank you so much for being here today and sharing this gift with me and with our listener and uh, I can't wait to send you a message when I've gone through all of the initiations and um, yeah, it's just, it's a perfect book for now. And I was so thankful to find it. And I know that if our listener is with us up to now, that it's the right book for them too. So yeah, uh, they don't need to do it alone. They can, they can go through the journey with you on Instagram. As you said, they can reach out to me and um, just remember that, you know, life we're here on earth for a reason. And there's much joy to be found here. Thank you, Rhiannon. Thank you so much for having me, Lauren. It's been so beautiful. Hi, thanks so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a review where you listen to your podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you. New episodes every Thursday. <laughs>